Hello, hello, hello. I'm Sam Riley. And I'm Zachary Bro. And welcome to the Chaka Bros, the one about all of the gill. So today's topic is uh, about investing, um, picking up cards. Uh, we'll include some topics about trading, um, how we go about trading, how we go about pricing. We'll be talking about uh, basically our top 10. And the way we came up with that top 10 is uh, I picked basically what I thought were 10 cards to invest in. And Zach picked 10 cards he thought were good to invest in. We talked about the list. And then we came up with what we thought was a, a good top 10 for you guys. Um, if you're out there looking up what should I pick up. Um, and then, of course, we have a few honorable mentions, which we'll get to. Uh, but first, let's just dive right in. So for our pricing, we are going based on TCG median prices. Now, the reason for that, uh, if you play, if you come from another game, say Yu-Gi-Oh! or Magic, you should know to go by market. Market is based on what people actually pay for cards. It's uh, the generally accepted price for a card because, you know, people are statistically paying that price. However, in this game, because the supply is lower and there are less actual options on TCG, it ends up being median, uh, or median ends up being more of kind of a fair price. Um, and if you scroll down, it, you can see it's accurate to median rather than uh, market, uh, purely because low stock. And because of that, those are the price we're going to go off of. Um, right. So, for for example, if, if you're trading with someone and... Um I, 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 for example, had someone last week ask me like, oh, <clears throat> let's look up Shantoto and we'll, I'll trade you Shantoto. And they're like, they're looking at the market price. And they're like, oh, it right. looks like it lasts, it was $15. So I'll trade it for, right, you for right. $15. And I was like, what? Yeah, yeah. And so, then you would go down and look at, oh, all these stores have it priced at 25 though. The market just does not update as quick as other games. Right. Um, and a lot of times the foils are actually cheaper than the non-foils. Right, yeah. If yeah. Because they're not updating quick enough. Uh, I know that's the case with Maria. Mm -hmm. um, Maria for a while, yeah. She went. She spiked up to about 15 for a non-foil until they announced Opus 1 Wave 4. Right, uh, so she's calling But, but her market was like 7. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, definitely be vigilant uh, when checking prices. And don't be afraid to like bring it up to somebody and say, hey, if you scroll down, you can look at it. Like This is what is available right now so that's what we're going to trade by so let's talk about our honorable mentions uh first up we have the legendary cloud um i originally had him on my list pretty high um zach you didn't have him on the list right right um and part of the reason that i definitely agreed to take him off the list is because he was uh spoiled as one of the decidia promos and that promo was also foil and it also looks really nice. <laughs> so I could see that taking the value a little bit, maybe not a lot. Um, but it's definitely like a card that's going to like maintain value. Right, yeah. I mean, just the fandom of Cloud as a character will keep his price higher. Because people, if, if he drops too low, people are like, oh, cool, I can get my set of Clouds because I love Cloud. <laughs> or I've also seen a lot of collectors recently saying, hey, I want one of every card. And Cloud's normally like their first thing. How much does it cost? <laughs> so... Right, yeah, yeah, it's definitely like one of the more popular cards. Right. Um, in my opinion, I think that the three-drop cloud is better, uh, but it's not as flashy and it doesn't have Omni Slash. Right. So, <laughs> that 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 can contribute. Another card we had on the list was uh, Aerith L. Yep. Uh, I think that's a card long term, especially if we ever get into a meta where uh, a card like Lulu H becomes even stronger than she is now, or Fusoya becomes more popular. 
anywhere where backups become kind of the main driving factor of the meta, I think she could definitely see a lot more play. Uh, even now she's useful, but she's nowhere near necessary. Right, and then finally we have Bartz, which was definitely on my radar, um, particularly because I think Bartz, right now it's only at $4 on a TCG, and Bartz is just, in my opinion, one of the strongest forwards in the game. Obviously, it requires you to have uh, supporting characters with it, um, particularly four other jobs. Right, right. But you're not as, putting them in a standard unit only deck. Correct, <laughs> like right, right. Barts. But as as those as we get better and better jobs and different um, as different opuses, uh, I think that he's going to get stronger. Um, if you have what I would call like job lords, for example, like Warrior of Light reducing power. Um, what were some of the other ones? The other Warrior of Light boosting power of standard units. Sure, right, right. Warrior of Light. <laughs> right, so every every job, like, quote, Lord, edge. unquote, yeah, Edge, that, that makes him stronger is just going to, like, improve him. And only at $4, I feel like he's probably a good pickup. He's also was played uh, in the, the Chocobo deck. And then recently we were just watching Worlds a minute ago, and he was played in the Lightning Wind Chocobo yep. deck. So I think that oh actually his Any opponent sort of wind aggro deck kind of wants him, his opponent so. also had him right in the the wind yes. water deck yep. also played him which is really interesting to see him there and he won the game for him right so that was interesting too so I would definitely keep an eye on him and at, and at four dollars I would pick him up I just don't think he made uh, our top ten so coming in at number ten we have Renoa I think Renoa was like somewhere around like I think it was four four first, on yeah. yours and then like. Seven on mine, but still really high on mine. Right, right. Uh, because the cards are obviously very, very powerful. Um, but after we talked about it, we realized that the price was $22. Right, she's already really high. So this list is more of a long-term investment. So it's not just what cards are going to be the best cards of all time, forever kind of thing. It's what could you get now and get bang for your buck over time. And since her price tag is on the high end of like, if you account for every card, even, she's higher than Legend Cloud. She's almost what Shantoto's worth. So, she, I don't think she deserves a spot super low, but she deserves a spot on the top 10 for sure. Sure, right. And I think that any card with the special, um, believe it or not, just gets stronger over the time, sure. the course of the game. Like, they, we don't know what kind of Renoas they're going to print. Um, so, if they put, print some stronger ones, her special will make her even more playable. Or if, she she's is. A, or if she's good pitch fodder for the other special, but she's also good to have in the deck for the whole, whole dullability. So right, and, and she's not going anywhere. I mean, she's good in the most, the absolutely most aggressive decks want to play three of her. Right, and a lot of the control decks I'm seeing want to play at least two of her, mm-hmm. if not three of her. So she's extremely strong. Um, so but but again, that twenty two dollar price tag is why we just yep. couldn't put her higher. Um, so we'll move into number nine. So, yeah, it's our uh, our favorite Fusoya, the hero version. So, the light version that uh, deals 7k and deals yourself a point of damage. We talked a lot about it last podcast, about how good this card can be in different builds with water or lightning or really any element you can figure out a way to make it useful. Uh, for, for um, just to interrupt Zach real quick, I, I did 4-0 tonight again yes, you with did. Fusoya. And I had a crazy brew with Fusoya as well on no water even and i made top four i came in second right yeah, yeah right only you. losing to my yeah, i only lost to his superior for soya deck <laughs> right so, so if that says how much we like real the good um like for example he plays water with ephemeral summoner and fanfrit uh, right 
Which someone, we just saw at the World Stream as well. Yeah, exactly. Someone could be playing the new Opus 3 Lightning and Odin. I was playing with Earth Cecil. I was playing with Fire Saws, so it was a Fire Earth deck. There's synergy everywhere for it. And with, at a price tag of 20 cents for a non-foil copy, and for what, a dollar eighty? Right? Yeah. $1.80 for a foil? Uh, this card's even worth investing as a foil. So this whole right. list, we're talking mainly about non-foils because foils are, are kind of just a luxury. Sorry, Max. Yeah, <laughs> but... Uh, but this card in particular, picking up foils might be worth it because over time, as we get more experts and ways to manipulate our experts on the top of our deck, this card will easily find more value. Right, right. And, and let's let's be clear. Um, that doesn't mean that we're not picking up foils. Um, <laughs> whenever we see foil for soyas, we definitely pick them up. Uh, if I can pick up foil Renault as I do. Right, um, right. But... It just depends, you know. If what we're just telling you is, these are just the cards that if, if you want if you want them and you don't have them, you should pick them up now. These right. are cards that we think that will go up. Um, moving on to number eight, yeah, number eight, number eight. We have Golbez, the legendary Golbez. Golbez right now is people's hero, four dollars <laughs> and fifty cents, and it is probably my second or third favorite card. The card is absurdly good in my opinion. I've done very very well with Golbez variants um in the past in fact i didn't stop playing Golbez until i discovered how much i like the soya um so if that says anything he's always going to have new targets every set yeah opus 4 ninja uh, yeah i don't think there will ever exist a set where we're not getting a new two drop and there's always going to be some kind of two drop with some kind of buffing effect where it gets bigger for forwards you have or something else like the new juan huane i i honestly don't know how to pronounce it, but the new World of Final Fantasy Fire Forward yeah. could be bonkers with Golbez, depending on what other kind of World of Final Fantasy support we have. And we're not only talking about two drops either, right? Like different ways to, you know, like right now we have Delita. We yeah, have like the, ways to break it, we yeah. have the Feral Summoner plus Famfrit combo with Soya. And now, now we have Magic Pot. <laughs> like, I mean, that card is just insane. But like, that's another thing to think about is that we're having a whole bunch of new ways to like break him. Yeah. And... I even like like breaking with with magic pot is just absurd to me. And in it makes the same deck as Delita and the same right. deck as cards like Seraphy to get it, stuff back. It yeah. makes me want to play a much more diverse Golbez deck though, because if you break them with the magic pot and you go get another one and then they immediately break them, obviously you don't want to right. go get the same forward. It could be like a standard unit Golbez deck so that you can get repeats and the names don't matter. Yeah, that sounds really bad. <laughs> um, but it is an idea. But the the point is, is that four dollars and fifty cents. I think Golbez is like a really strong pickup, uh, and I I I don't see a lot of them in our trade group. Like people hold on to them, but anytime I do see a Golbez, I definitely like move heavily to try and trade for it. And people could argue, well, they're gonna always print more hate for it, like Remedy. But sure, yeah, you can always play around that. And he's still a nine K body, so he's still a good card, and then you get more value out of it in most matchups. Yeah, absolutely. Um, coming in at number seven, we have Vayne. So Vayne's kind of another one that depends on other cards, but at the same time, it's kind of a guaranteed uh, value um, that he's going to bring to the table. Being able to dull and lock down five CP forwards. I mean, there's a lot of powerful five CP forwards, especially in this upcoming set. We've already seen a couple. Um, right, and at only like five dollars again, like this yep, is a card exactly. that is very easy to pick up. People aren't necessarily holding on to it. 
maybe it seems like very cliche to say, oh, look, they're going to print more and more five-drop forwards. Mm-hmm. Um, but more than that, they're going to print like very good seven-drop forwards, very good nine-drop forwards. Right, right. Um, Zelaire breaks 13-drop forwards. Right. So we don't know <laughs> how crazy the things are going to get. Yeah. Right, right, right. So we know that Vayne is powerful. It's strong. Um, when you combine it with Devout, it's like exactly, yeah. very, That's very thing, strong. You don't have to run three, just one or two. You pitch it early to play your cards, and then when you need it, you divide it back. Right, and, and, and that is a good point, though, um, because at $5, I think it's a good pickup, but the fact that most decks don't want three, most decks do run two, mm-hmm. makes it you know not as high up on our list. Correct. Otherwise, it might be higher. So coming in at number six, we have Cosmos slash Chaos. And the reason that we I put Chaos in there, too, um, is because I didn't want to do a, a new separate thread for Cosmos uh, and Chaos, but... Cosmos at four dollars. I mean, Cosmos is just a really great card. Right. Not only that, but the art is beautiful. <laughs> yes, it is. And you should be picking foil up foil great. ones of these yeah. if you can't yet, because the foil art is awesome. The foil art on Chaos is also beautiful. But Chaos is what? What was it? Ninety something cents. Ninety-seven cents. Ninety-seven. <laughs> Ninety-seven cents on Chaos. Um, and I just think that the the longer the game goes, and the more we push back against the rules, and, and, and when I say the rules, I mean like the rule of like. You should be running like a monocolor deck or maybe two colors splashing at the most. Uh, or maybe you should only some... ever run one Cosmos or one Chaos. It's like, no, I, I have three Moogle, sir. <laughs> right. I, yeah, I handle it. I have two Cosmos in my deck right now. Right. Me too. They're both foil. They're beautiful. <laughs> um, but yeah, so as we push against these rules, we're going to discover, I think, that the Cosmos Chaos, that they're both stronger than we originally thought they were. A lot of people are uh, breaking into the three color realm and trying to experiment with what kind of cards can enable such strategies and cosmos or chaos depending on your build is certainly a quarter or a keystone and all of those right so coming in at number five we have maria so maria just pumps everybody she's great she's a backup that has value she doesn't die to archer which is always a good value um she's the only pump that we have right now that does that right and um, i rather doesn't I put her um, on my honorable mentions list, uh, and after talking with Zach, we discussed it, and we decided that it was really strong. Um, the reason that it's not higher on the list, um, well, besides the obvious strengths of the cards that we're going to get to, is that at a $12 price tag, I, if I'm trying to give you, like, hey, go pick up this card, it's so hard for me to recommend you pick up Maria's at $12. Especially for a hero. Yeah. Like a legend, yeah. And I'll talk more about, like, the actual trading techniques more when we get to the end, Um but usually I'll tell people, hey, look, the, the card's valued at $12. It has a very serious uh, price spike right now. Um, I will trade for it at like 10 So if That's, I can pick... I did that actually today. Yeah. I trade uh, Maria for 10 If I can pick them up at around 10 I will trade for them. Um, and, and I will trade for them aggressively at 10 I'll pick up X at 10 um, Right. But at 12 I, I just... It's really hard for me to tell you to go out and get them. But it is the the card is very very good. Um, It'll be a staple for as long as it's legal, <laughs> because any win deck that isn't some crazy specific strategy that for some reason doesn't want their guys to be bigger. Right. Any deck running wind, especially splashing wind, because a lot of the time, say you're running like a fire lightning deck and you really want to have your guys bigger, you have to then dedicate two backup slots to pumping. Make sure all your guys get the pump. Where if you're doing a wind deck, you kind of get to skip past that and you get to play Maria, and all of your guys benefit. For one backup. It's great. Right. And talking about um, staple backups, let's move into number four. We have Minwoo. Mm-hmm. 
So Minwoo um, is obviously absurd, uh, but with with the, with how strong like the outside combo is, for example, yep. I can just only imagine how much stronger it would be if if we didn't have Minwoo. Right. Um, so Min Minwoo basically is is on the Aerith plan for me. Like, I think that it'll get stronger and stronger the more we see that damage base. Mm-hmm. Um, if fire and or lightning get really huge because of stacking damage effects, Minwoo will see a lot more play and continue to go up in value. Right, and, and, and that's actually what I was thinking about, is that it, Minwoo may be single-handedly keeping Mono Fire from being a very good deck. Could be, because if people adjust, like, oh, I got wrecked by a fire deck this week. Oh, got to put a couple copies of Minwoo in. Fire would then have to start splashing for Sephiroth or something to deal with it. Otherwise, they're just... Right, you, and you gotta have Tella to deal nine K straight up or something. <laughs> and the lightning decks, they do that. They 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 will splash for a dark Sephiroth, yeah, um, or a Minerva, which you know turns it off. And the problem with lightning the f- is a little less soft to it because they have the negative effects like Cyclops. Right, they have Cyclops. So they can kind of get behind it. But also the fire decks, they want to run like Emperor Zonde and they want to run Zack. And right. so like having this other very high cost threat, I think is like hard, much harder for them to do. So Minwoo, I think, in my opinion, single-handedly keeps fire um, from raising up, and maybe that's a bad thing. I, say, um, I was, I was actually about to say the opposite. Maybe that's not a bad thing. Maybe that's, I mean, that's what this game. We talked sure, about this yeah. last week too. Like, there's so many checks and balances in this game. It's great. Right, right. right. That that that's a good point. Um, anyway, but at nine forty-two, um, <laughs> you know, if, if you had asked me two months ago. Uh, whether I should be picking up Minwoo's, I was picking them up at five, and I was yep. I loved it, and so I now I have a whole bunch of Minwoo's, um, and I'm trying to get more at nine forty two. I'm still trying to get them. Yep. I think you know the cart's just going to go up. I think that the reprinting of Opus One uh, won't change that. I think that the card is just too strong. It's a card that if you play Water at all, you want to have at least access to it to be able to switch into it if you need to to uh, adjust to your meta. Yes. So coming at number three. Uh, at number three, me and Zach have a lot of disagreement. <laughs> he puts it actually at number one as far as uh, power cards go, like strengths of the card. Strength I put it at number two as I think it's the second most powerful card. But then we talked about it and realized the same thing with Renoa, where the price tag is already so high that investment doesn't sound quite as good. But in terms of the card being valid and viable over time, it can't be denied. Right, right, and so, and here's how this works. So, if you if you don't own Shantotos, that's number three. If we didn't spoil it already, coming in at number three, Shantoto. <laughs> uh, but if you don't own Shantotos, uh, probably avoid a solid Earth deck. Just play something yeah, else, right? Exactly. Here's the thing: if you own one Shantoto, go ahead and try and pick up that second one. You're gonna want it. Right. And then if you own two Shantotos, I promise you at some point you're going to want to own the third Shantoto. <laughs> that happened last week. Our friend uh, Alfred was playing uh, in our locals, and he had never played Shantoto before. And he, but he had two, and he's like, oh, I can finally play a deck. I said, by the end of this tournament, you're going to come up to me and say, I, I need a third Shantoto. Right, yeah. Second round yeah. in, he said he turned to me and said, Zach, I want a third Shantoto. And uh, it's so true. It, you always want access to it. And like you just said, solid Earth deck, play Shantoto. Yeah, obviously, you know, there's definitely been matches I've played three Shantotos in by, by destroying my own backups or my opponent mm-hmm. destroyed them. 
The, by the way, there's a solid device. Don't destroy your opponent's Shantoto. Like it's <laughs> yeah. you're just opening yourself up oh, to disaster. I don't disaster. want to have the colors. Yeah, but I don't want to be board wiped. <laughs> right, right. But anyway, there's definitely matches I play three Shantotos, but yeah. many times you don't want three Shantotos so you can play a three. You obviously want it so you're drawing it more often. But a lot of times you want to be able to pitch the card early. The worst and, feeling is yeah. when you pitch one Shantoto thinking, oh, I'll just draw my second one later. And then it goes to damage on like the first damage you take. And you just know for the rest of the game, you just don't have the card. Yeah. If you or, have that third copy, you know it's somewhere. Right. Or, for example, if you only own one, you just can't pinch the Shantoto ever. Right, right. So you're actually just playing with a four-card hand. Um, so, but again, the reason this is not number one or two, and it very much deserves to be there on, on power level alone, is just it's already $24. Um, and that's it's seen a price spike, but that that price has been very stable for a while now. Right. It hasn't come it down. It, honestly. Right, right. It's it just does. a matter of if it goes up from there. It does, and I and I and I again, I don't see Opus One necessarily a reprint actually bringing this card value down because what's going to happen is like we're going to open these Opus One uh, Wave Four packs, and people like me are going to immediately want all the Shantotos. Like because I know the cards too. They're, they're not going to open them and sell them and trade them. They're going to be like, oh, I need my three Shantotos. Right, because. Gonna, they didn't have access the price to goes these. up because there's still less. <laughs> right. They didn't have access to these Shantotos, and now they will, and they're not right. going to want to trade them because, you know, people like us have been blowing them out with Shantoto <laughs> all the time, and they just haven't been able to afford it. So coming in at number two, we have the Legend Emperor. Yes. Uh, I believe that's from it, uh, set two, correct? Opus right? two. Opus yeah. two. Yeah. And, um, I don't even know where to start with this card. This card right now is $3.27. If, on a legendary card. If maybe on the entire list there's a card that has the lowest price tag for the highest power ratio, this card probably takes that cake. Not only that, but not just the like price tag per power ratio, but like the the potential EV. Your your expected yeah. value from buying into this card is huge. In, in fact, now there's just there's one card that just makes me screen Emperor. Magic Pot. <laughs> if you don't know what Magic Pot is, I'm not going to actually spoil it for you um, because I know some people don't like spoilers. Um, but trust me, Emperor L is going to be very good against Magic Pot decks. Um, and, and Emperor L is just really, really good against a lot of decks right now total. Like, he shuts off characters. So that's forwards, that's backups. And again, we're not getting too into it, but any monsters with activated abilities or S abilities, I haven't seen that yet, but activated right. abilities... Can't use them under an emperor. It shuts down light for soya, yo, guys. So <laughs> yeah, right. I, I'm we, just we saying. We don't like emperor. I, yeah, I don't <laughs> like emperor. Man, there's a lot of cards in this. That I don't like emperor Minwu. We did uh, Aerith. Yeah, you're not a big fan of Aerith either. <laughs> I'm not. Um, Even Jill Nabot. Then I'm not on the list. <laughs> right. Well, oh, oh, the back, the the two drop, gonna, the yeah, second and, one. Yeah. And we should definitely talk about where I think in episode three we're going to talk about deck building. Yes. But I would I would like to point out that I play against these cards all the time and there are ways to to win against oh, them um i've never lost to a minwoon i've never lost to an Aerith with my fasoya decks um and we should definitely go over that in a future episode but um for now yeah emperor l at 327 that's insane i'm gonna purchase everyone i come across that would be a card i'm willing to pay cash for if someone comes up to me they're like hey if you give me three, three bucks. bucks and a quarter yeah. i'll give you this emperor i i, I will do it 100 percent of the time like it's it's a very good investment right now Imagine a card gets printed with a crazy activate ability or crazy S ability, and that card defines the meta. Emperor all of a sudden becomes the second best card. Now, I just started playing Opus 3, but hasn't that already happened with Cloud? 
wasn't cloud def- like format Pretty defining yeah, and then emperor l came along and then now well, we he, haven't I, seen I, cloud I say that he he was very good he was one he was in top i'd say three kind of archetypes sure in opus one and opus two is still very powerful but a lot of people um, were playing Emperor, right? As soon as people started playing Emperor a lot, he just kind of, you know, fell to the wayside. All right. So coming in at number one, um, what I think is definitely the strongest card in the game, and I think Zactif thinks it's way up there for sure. I think it's up there. Again, I'll always say behind Shantoto. Yeah. But for the purposes of this list, and investment-wise, I would definitely say this is number one. Yes. Uh, we have uh, Garnet L. Um, that's a three-drop... Garnet from uh, Opus Three. Um, well, the other one is a starter one, right? Yeah, they're both three drops. They're both yeah, yeah and they're but both the from legend. Opus Three technically, yes, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the Legend one. And this card is so versatile that it makes almost every list I'm playing. And if it doesn't make the list, it's only because the Garnet starter made the list. Or you're not playing water. <laughs> nah, I mean like I'm playing water. Right. 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 So like even like you see a lot of these really cool Golbez decks with like the Fanforts and stuff like. I've been testing like these decks with Garnet because mm-hmm. I think like it's just a really strong combo. And I think she's just really strong by herself. Um, the 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 only caveat to this though is that she's also at a fifteen dollar price tag, right? Which is still middle of the road when you look at you know compared to Shentoto right now. It uh, is, except that she's Opus three. Right. That's the only high difference. High stock, high price. Yep. Right. So so we are just flooded with Opus three right now. Like like if if you go to your game store if you're lucky enough to have a game store that carries uh, opus like we are like you could just buy opus 3 anytime yeah, there's like we've, three boxes on the shelf i saw today I'm like, yeah, that's yeah we've nice. never run out of opus 3 <laughs> we're not gonna run out of garnets but yet here we are still at a 15 dollar price tag i think people recognize how strong they are and they're not willing to like get rid of her quickly and there's still people uh the guy came up to you today right trading for he was like desperately looking for garnets and you were like his saving grace because you had two of them for him <laughs> he was yeah um and again uh and we'll talk about more about like trading like I was very reluctant to let them go at fifteen forty nine. I did, but only because I picked up like a lot of foil cards I thought was were gonna go up. And, um, uh, hashtag grow the community. <laughs> hashtag grow the community. Yes. Um, but oh, another card that we didn't end up making our list is a card I picked up was Phoenix. Oh yeah, Phoenix was on the preliminary. The uh, fact that she was uh, heroic was one of the, the issues for us. We didn't know mm-hmm. how well it was gonna go up, but yep. but Phoenix uh, was one of the, one of the foil cards I picked up in. With, with a combination of a bunch of other cards to pick up with a Garnet. But I did trade two Garnets today, and I was thinking, like, man, I don't want to trade <laughs> these away, especially I know she's number one on the podcast we're going right, to right. be talking about tonight. It's like, I know the card's so good. I mean, so if those that are familiar with uh, Magic, you know that there's Jace the Mind Sculptor, and it has, like, four abilities. Mm-hmm. That's Garnet. Pumps herself, <laughs> pumps the team, plays summons off color, plays summons at instant speed. I mean, like... She literally does it all. She, you know, she pumps. She pumps Steiner. I mean, that doesn't does that count? She makes Zidane cheaper. I don't know if those counts. I mean, she the, <laughs> the girl has twelve abilities, all right. And right. we and we saw that we're not done printing uh, uh, category nine, right? Yeah, and as we get more of those, that's all right. So she might even be like really busted um, if the title format takes off, mm-hmm. uh, and that could actually be an influence on price, in my opinion. That'd be um, a good uh, argument for the Barts. It so would the be. Two Barts side by side are pretty nuts. One yeah. has all the jobs, the other one gets all the jobs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, but but again, uh, maybe there's an argument for Emperor L being higher. Yeah. Um, because of that, because of the price tag at 327, whereas Garnet's at 15, it's like really hard for me to tell you, hey, go on, buy all the Garnets. 
but I do trade for them pretty aggressively at 15. Yeah, I would um, say don't. I wouldn't necessarily spend all sorts of cash on it, but if you have a chance to just pick up, pick it up in a trade, if you need to make value and someone really wants a lot of your stuff and you don't have, they don't have a whole lot, pick up Garnets. Stockpile yeah, them. exactly. So, and the last thing we want to cover before we sign off, real quick, is uh, trading. So, how do mm. you go about your trading? That way, you because here's the thing: you need to go up in value, right? I mean, right. That that's the goal, but you don't want to rip people off. You don't want to make people feel bad. How do you do that? Uh, I usually have my phone right in in the open. I let them see the price, me see the price, so that we can agree on uh, kind of if we believe it's valuable. I've had a few people say, "Oh, well, I think the car is better than that, so I don't want to trade that value," which is fair, and you know we'll work that out. Yeah, I've, I've had um, people do that too, and but the opposite also applies, right? So when we look up Foil Shintoto and the card says fourteen dollars. But then if we're going by a lot, a lot of people in our store want to go by market price. Right. It says $14. And then you look up the non-foil and it says $24. We're like, well, yours is foil. So it's worth only $14. I mean, look, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to trade that, right? <laughs> so I think as long as you're honest with people and you tell them. So, for example, when people want to trade for soyas from me, the card's only worth uh, 37 cents. Was that about it, right? Like 37 cents or something? Something like that. 37 cents for for soya. Look, I I'm just not willing I'm not I'm not wanting to trade those off at 37 cents. I think the card is too good. Right. Uh, I might trade it like 50 cents if I'm feeling like I'm getting something I really need or I might trade it like hey, look, it's just going to be a dollar and and I'm very honest about it. I'm not trying to like scam people. I tell them like, "Hey, this is this is what it's at." You know, same same thing for Maria's. It I, like I'm pretty comfortable. I'll tell them like, "Look, I'll trade for your Maria at 10." I'm I'm not really like looking to to, to trade for them at 12, I think that the card is a low spike right now. I do think the card's going to go up. Um, so in the long run, I'm trying to invest. And that's what mm. I'm trying to do. I'm trying to build a collection and get a bigger collection. Right. Um, and a lot of people you're trading with, they are just trying to pick up the cards they need for their deck. Yeah, and I tend to trade. It's different. We brought this up in the last podcast as well, where you and I are kind of different creatures sometimes because we like to trade for foils or like upgrade cards we already have kind of thing. Right, yeah. Um, whereas a lot of people, I think, the strategy should be more get what you need. Um, a thing I like to do is separate out cards I'd like to hold on to and cards I really don't care about having extra. And then I can just hand somebody the stack and say, everything in here is for trade. You pick out what you want and we'll figure something out. I'll go through your binder, pull out cool foils, whatever. Yeah, pro, um, pro tip, don't have a bunch of cards in your binder that are not for trade. Yes, that is. That will shut... <laughs> That will turn me off for wanting to trade with you like instantly. It's also, like... another pro tip we learned at a 1K. Uh, if you're in the middle of a trade, or, alright, back it up. If you're not willing to trade a card at just whatever its value is for any card of the same value, right? Say I pull out your Barts and you pull out my Maria. We start working stuff out and it doesn't quite get to the Maria, but you want a cheaper card. But then you say, for that cheaper card, I'm not willing to trade you the Barts. That's kind of uh, yeah, annoying. The, like, be, only, yeah, doesn't only it make start sense. a trade if you're willing to actually trade the card for value to value. Right, or just or just be honest, right? So, right. like for example, or like, save you up up front. Like, I'm only willing to do this if it's for something big. Kind of. Right, exactly. So, like if if you're trying to pick up a card for me, um, you're trying to pick up Min Woo's for me, and and I'm getting some smaller cards from you. I'm gonna say, look, you know, like like I value Min Woo. Uh, as a card that's going to go up. Like, I'll trade them for at 10. Maybe TCG has them at 940. But I, I'm going to value it at 10, and that's what I'll trade for. And w when you hand me a bunch of... When I'm trading for a bunch of foil commons, um, and the price comes to, like, 10, right? I think that that's probably a fair trade, right? Yeah. Um, 
So I, I, just, I think that you just need to be really honest because you don't want feel bads. Um, so when you're going out, if you're going to try and pick up some of these cards, I think like the key is being really honest. Say, hey, look, you can tell people, look, I think like Min Woo is going to go way up. Like I will trade for it at nine. Like give me your Min Woo's at nine. Right. You know, that's that's a fair price. I, you know, you don't have to lie to them and say, oh, I think the card's crappy. I just want it or whatever. <laughs> you know, like just keep an open mind. Be honest with each other. Um, and just I think that like I, I wanted to start this hashtag and the hashtag was grow the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's that's coming from a coaching uh, philosophy because I used to coach volleyball, um, and we just you know hashtag grow the game. I think that's really important. Uh, I and like today for example, I traded like like you say uh, you traded away garnets. I know you don't. I did trade away garnets. I traded. I, well, I, I was gonna say I traded away like hundreds of dollars worth of cards, and I got hundreds of dollars worth of cards, but I traded up in value on each time. But with each of the people I trade with, and I'm not saying you have to do this, but each of the person that I trade with, I'm like, hey, look, if, if you come back tomorrow and you're not comfortable or if on Monday night, you're like, hey, I, 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 don't, I don't love that. Like I told you tonight, if you don't love the trade, then talk to me on Monday. We'll, uh, we can trade back. No big deal. That's right. not a big deal to me. I'm really honest about these things. I try and keep like a good relationship. I keep a good trading partnership. Uh, there's a lot people. of people that they don't care about having a whole collection. They just want what they need. So they'll, yeah, they'll throw you a bone. They'll throw you a few extra dollars in value to sweeten the pot to get like a sweet, you know, garnet or whatever else they need, a Shantoto. Right. Um, so, so yeah, it, sometimes you can plus and it's not, I mean, everyone's happy. So, right. So that's, that's our, that's our podcast. We're going to wrap it up here. Um, please uh, tweet at us uh, what you think missed. We, you think that we met where we missed. Um, I know that there's going to be cards that you guys are, think that we missed. Um, I don't know. For example, like maybe Al Sid. Um, maybe Al Sid. Yeah, yeah I, I know you know that card's. Yeah, it's kind of up there. For um, uh, Rigdia could be one of them, for example. Rigdia, yeah. Uh, so Jill Nabot starter. <laughs> right. So <laughs> there's definitely cards we missed. Uh, tweet at us. Um, message us on Facebook. Talk. Uh, po- post comments that we'd love to hear what you thought were the the top ten where we went wrong. Um, how you go about building your collection and trading. Um, and we're going to see you on uh, episode three. So uh, stay tuned. I'm Sam Riley. And I'm Zach Brown. Thanks for listening to the Chocolate Bros.